Welcome to the Mum Break Podcast, a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off. Hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. six months ago, I got a direct message from somebody who I really enjoy talking to, who I respect, who challenges me in a great way. And the message was simply along the lines of, do we always need to talk about privilege? And it came as a result of an Instagram story that I had posted about something that I had done. I can't feel like me remember what, and I can't find it. And DMs, I went back and looked. And I put on the story and text, I, I recall something along the lines of, this is a result of my privilege, asterisk, asterisk, whatever. And she made a really interesting point of conversation about, do we always need to talk about privilege? And the message was not meant to be, again, I say, I know that the, I know this person well from an Instagram perspective. So I know that the... And, and I welcome perspectives and viewpoints that challenge mine because I think that's the only way we learn and get better and do better. So I get a lot of things like this all the time and not meant in an argumentative way. And the the bottom line, the other message was along the lines of, I, I recognize that privilege is a thing, but do we always need to address it all the time? Do we have to talk about it? In everything that we do. And it was a really interesting conversation. And I shared my viewpoints with her. And I thought that since Kim Kardashian is making the news with a ridiculous comment, that now is the perfect time to record a podcast episode on my thoughts and to uh, elaborate a little bit on the conversation that I had in, in DMs. Because I think it's an important one. Because if you open this podcast you may still have the perspective that privilege is just an icky, dirty word. And I guarantee there's a lot of people who saw the title of this podcast which and actively decided not to listen to it because they don't want to deal with it because privilege feels, the, talk, the, the topic of privilege feels really icky. And that's coming from my perspective as a white woman. And it took a lot to move past that and to move through it. And... Before I dive into my thoughts on it, I want to just give some examples of why I'm having this conversation here. And I actually took notes for this one because there's so many amazing examples. And by amazing, I mean ugh, really, truly icky examples of the reason why I deal with the conversation point of privilege in the way that I do on my platform. So number one, the reason that started this you know, conversation at this point in time, which is March 11th, is the Variety interview that Kim Kardashian did with her family. And if you haven't already seen it on social media, the summary is that 
there was a, a quote pulled out from it. And I'm going to put the little asterisk here that I have 0% fact checked this. I have not read or listened to the entire interview. I'm quite literally just reading off a tweet from Variety Magazine. So I can't validify this. There's still whatever in any possible way, shape or form. But the tweet itself has essentially generated uproar on social media with people calling her out. And what she said was, quote unquote, I have the best advice for women in business. Get your effing ass up and work. It seems like nobody works these days. So since, of course, social media is tearing her a new one, what else is new? I'm not going to do the same, but I want to use her (laughs) as an example and a reason why I think this is important. So that's example number one. Number two, there is, I couldn't find it for the life of me. My sources are not checking out right now, so you'll have to take my word for it. There's a random TikTok video, and I intentionally didn't like it, so I couldn't go back and find it, of some blogger who essentially goes off on people saying that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So if you want to do something, just do it. So if you don't want to clean your house, just hire a house cleaner. If you don't want to do groceries, just order takeout. If you don't, we all have the same 24 hours. So use that time appropriately. And of course, TikTok again, ripped her a new one. The next I had on my list of six here, number three is the now infamous Rachel Hollis quote, which I also, because I came prepared today, pulled up. And if you can't remember what she said and how it escalated, because it's deleted now, because she dirty deleted it, she said, um, oh, geez. Okay. It's just such a funny, convoluted uh, quote that I started reading it and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But anywho, bear with me. She said, and I quote, someone commented and said, you're our privileged AF. And I was like, you're right. I'm super freaking privileged. But also, I work my ass off for that money to have someone come twice a week and clean my toilets. Worst Rachel Hollis impression ever. I'm sorry. But the the point I want to emphasize here is that she's, yeah, she's acknowledging her privilege. But at the same time, she's also simultaneously flipping around and saying that she works her ass off. And because of that, she's magically successful and then pays some lowly human to clean her toilets. And oh, this, it gets so cringy. And then she says, and then she, it's really awkward reading her quoting someone, me quoting someone. And then she said, well, you're unrelatable. What is it about me that you think I want to be relatable? And then, ugh, this, sorry, I'm just reading this as a quote, so don't hate me. She says, no, sis. Literally everything I do in my life, most people can't relate to. Most people can't work this hard. Most people won't wake up at 4 a.m. Most people won't fail publicly again and again to reach the top of the mountain. Literally every woman I admire in history was unrelatable. If my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. And then she tagged a bunch of really inappropriate people for this post. So I'm not going to get in, dig into the nitty-gritty of this. If you hadn't heard it, Google Rachel Hollis. What did I Google to find this? I don't know. Rachel Hollis housekeeper post. <laughs> That's what I Googled. It's all up in there. 
But she, again, that theme of she's talking about she worked hard, so she got this because she worked hard and no one else can work as hard as she does. Ugh. So the next one is also something I can't find. I Googled it too very loosely, but <laughs> again, bear with me. There was a famous actress that was interviewed in some form of media. And she was directly asked how she does so much, how she manages to do so much in her day. And I've talked about this a few times. And the irony of that is that I can't actually find the post, but I'm going to keep talking about it. And if it's not true, well, let's just pretend it's a happy anecdote. And her response to how do you do so much was essentially just that she has worked on her time management. It wasn't that she admitted to having house cleaver. It wasn't admitted that she admitted to having a nanny. It wasn't that she potentially admitted to having, you know, millions of dollars or a supportive husband or whatnot. It was just better time management. And the last one, this person I actually really enjoy and I think she handled it really well. So this is not a critical comment on this, this person, but there's a, someone I follow on TikTok named Elise Myers. And she put out recently a post about how everybody should include captions in their posts. And she got torn apart by the Black community. And that was because through her privileged lens, she wasn't, her white privilege, she wasn't able to see that and even aware of that. TikTok at the moment is and has an algorithm that is biased towards Black creators and the content that they share. So if they put captions on it, the reach of the videos essentially won't be as far. So she inadvertently wildly shared her white privilege and the fact that there's not a one-size solution fix all. And because she's an awesome human, I actually feel very strongly that creators and whatnot are going to publicly fail just like Rachel Hollis did and is amazing because she wakes up at four but it's how we and they recover because nobody's perfect we're all learning the difference is is that people like this and myself are learning publicly which allows for more open scrutiny so it's how you recover I think to an, a degree um with, you know, of course, a few caveats and exceptions. So I'm going to just read her reply. It's, it's a little bit lengthy, but I just want to showcase it because it explains what that privilege was and how she recovered. She said, do not use this video to weaponize black creators. I'm learning a lot today about TikTok suppression from using closed captions to filter out certain words. And it makes me sick to my stomach that I wasn't aware this was happening. My privilege has allowed me the convenience of only learning about this today. In an effort to advocate for a multitude of communities, I've accidentally raised an equally important issue, which is systemic racism in the TikTok algorithm. This is not okay. And I will be learning so much more about the suppression of black content, uh, black creators content using closed captioning so I can help think there was maybe another one, but anyways, um, this was, uh, brought to my attention. It's funny cause I didn't ever actually saw the post cause I didn't follow her until I saw a, another post from a content creator called white woman whisper, who's great. And she was posting all about it. And it was just, it was just a really interesting real life example of 
privilege and how we're addressing it. So I'm going to reel things in a bit because essentially this was just my quick little story time about why and some real life examples of the privilege that we're seeing right now. So Kim Kardashian essentially telling people that they have to work hard and if they don't work, that's the only way people are going to be successful. And if they don't work hard, then they're not going to be successful. But you have some random TikToker who says, we all have 24 hours in a day. And if you can't do it all, just hire someone to do it. We have Rachel Hollis, who essentially is saying the same thing. I worked hard, so I was successful. We have the famous actress who now all of a sudden uh, magically does everything by herself through her fantastic time management skills. And we have a TikTok content creator who is blinded by her white privilege and is soliciting closed captioning on all videos. These are just a few examples that I've Googled and found and come top to top of mind, but there are endless other examples. And before I dive into why I choose to communicate in the way that I do, I want to tackle the I probably should have done this first, but in my notes, it's second on my list is what actually is privilege. And I think it's really interesting because again, I alluded to it at the beginning is that, oh, I'm just shifting in my chair. Sorry. My joints are getting achy. Is that because the concept of privilege is not new, but it has evolved and grown and been much more prevalent in the media in the last few years, it has directly challenged, I mean, totally frank, it has directly challenged the way that white folks see themselves in a world that is filled with systemic racism. And I'm going to bear with me for a second if this is making you at all uncomfortable. The idea of like if we're looking at it purely a language perspective and this is one of the things again maybe I'll do another episode about this I'll jot this down one of my biggest challenges with social media and the digital world and all all the things that are going on in the world right now not one of my biggest things but something that's definitely top of mind for me is the concept of how language is being used and the actual meaning and context and content of um that language. And privilege is one of the perfect examples. There's a few others, and I'll dive into that another time. But essentially, privilege, if you're looking it up in the dictionary, and of course, it evolves from a, um, it, it evolves socially over time, but essentially, it just means that you have a leg up. It just means that you have an advantage. And if we think about it, while we focused a lot on learning and understanding what white privilege means and how it plays into systemic racism. The idea of privilege is, is essentially just that you have an advantage. And for the most part, every single human being in this world, again, for the most part, I'm sure there'll be uh, Swiss cheese shaped holes in this from other people's perspectives and different biases and opinions, but everybody has privilege in some shape or form. And it's not, it doesn't need to be a dirty thing. The best example I heard, and this was in relation to white privilege when I was trying to grasp and understand this whole new perspective that I was learning. And I'm still continuing to learn 
but the, the best example as it related to white privilege, but relates to just privilege in general, this advantage that we have is the analogy of doing a hundred meter sprint. You have two runners who are starting and going to be competing in a hundred meter sprint. They're at the start line and the person who has the privilege runs and sprints the hundred meters, but the person without the privilege is running and sprinting the same hundred meters from the same starting line, but they're doing hurdles along the way. And Maybe that's just because I grew up running track or was an athletic person, but that analogy was really, really helpful in understanding how I looked at this word that didn't play a role in my life at all until recently. And then it became this icky word that challenged and made me think a little bit more critically. And after moving through that, it's now just something that I acknowledge. It's something I exist. Sometimes I feel guilty about it because guilt is just this overwhelming emotion that I can't, it's on a personal note. I talk about it all the time. It's just me. It's one of my challenges, but it's also opened my eyes to the different varieties and types of privilege that you can hold. And anything from, you know, of course, white privilege, which would be things like in school, I learned about history from my own racist perspective. Or one thing I didn't hadn't really occurred of, um, Christ, religious pr- privilege, being a Christian, having holidays off, maybe get Christmas off, right? Because I'm a Christian. Um, my Jewish friends do not get Hanukkah off. That's for damn sure. Uh, middle-class privilege, things like going to the dentist and not really thinking about it because I have health insurance and benefits. Things like, cisgender privilege that as a woman who's born a woman, I'm not asked about my genitalia. I'm not asked if I still have something there. I'm not asked about if I'm able to, like, I'm just not asked those questions. Being able-bodied, just accessing stores that don't have a ramp. Or interestingly enough, things like recently when I had my little health scare and I couldn't breathe, I had trouble walking up the stairs And it's so funny because the first thing when I was having trouble breathing was I thought of my friend um, who had cystic fibrosis and two double lung transplants. I did a podcast about her with her. And this was just like how she lived all the time, but much, much worse. So that's my privilege, walking up the stairs. Um, (laughs) Male privilege, being able to run at night. It's, uh, I mean, and I guess the thing is sometimes I will still occasionally run at night and that's the privilege of where I live in a community that's safe enough to do so or heterosexual privilege. The fact that my male husband and I have more rights. We got married without thinking about it. Um, you know, we're not asked ridiculous questions. Socio socioeconomic privilege. I we're not in debt. I don't worry about food or sale prices. Um, cultural privilege. It's interesting because this happened at work today. I had to write an email to somebody located in China and I wanted to make sure that I addressed the email appropriately according to, um, you know, the spelling of names and making sure that because in Chinese culture, typically it's the um, surname first and then usually you use the surname plus the first name. I don't want to use their name, but it would, um, for purposes of this podcast, but I wanted to make sure I did it properly, which led me to think that like from a cultural perspective, 
because I have privilege in Canada as someone who's a Canadian and who's a white woman and who has a name like Erica Fraser, I'm not asked all the time, how do you pronounce your name? Or I'm not, my name's not spelt wrong or my, I'm not addressed as Fraser, things like that. But there's so many, like this list honestly is endless. And I think that's where the idea of privilege can get icky and confusing to some people because it's now evolved into this whole list of things where like, you just have an advantage for and you have a leg up and it's just people have the perspective of it's just easier for you and you haven't actually worked hard but it has nothing to do once you can separate and you going back to the analogy of the sprinter once you can separate those sprinters the one who ran the 100 meter dash without the hurdles and the one who ran the 100 meter dash with the hurdles assuming let's say for the sake of this analogy they're both elite elite athletes they both work their ass off. They've put in time in the gym. They've had coaches. They've trained. Both of them have worked hard. That's not to say that if you have this advantage or this privilege, you're not working hard. It's more about the fact that you have certain advantages or lack of barriers is a you know a, a different way of looking at it. And in this case, for the analogy, literal barriers, lack of hurdles in your way. And it doesn't need to be a bad thing. And looping back into the entire purpose of this podcast, answering the question of, do we need to talk about privilege all the time? What I explained to this individual in DMs was, and is, and continues to be my, my personal viewpoint. I know everybody manages it differently, but to summarize it, I think that having in general healthy conversations about privilege with friends and family is important, but it doesn't need to happen on a day-to-day basis. So for example, I'm not (laughs) going, I I recently went out to a hotel in a spa day with my friends, super fancy hotel. I'd never been there before. It was lovely, but the hotel room was like $400. It was, I think it was, and then we upgraded. It was like, it's the most expensive we've ever, anyways, it was great time, but we're not sitting around the table being like, oh, this is so much fun. We have so much privilege. I recognize this. I recognize that this night is amazing before we do everything. And now we're heading down to the hotel room. Thank goodness we have the privilege and the socioeconomic privilege to do this. And yada, 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 yada. That's not how I perceive this conversation going. And it's a, a, who knows what will happen in the future. But right now in this point in time, how I act and how I interact and my viewpoint is that if you are, in a position of influence, whether or not it is Kim Kardashian, that random TikTok person, myself, Elise Myers, <laughs> the famous actress who talked about time management, or Rachel Hollis. You'll notice that I changed the order of that because when I threw myself in there randomly, I was going to say Rachel Hollis after. I was like, I want nothing to do with being close to that example. Not that it really matters, but anywho, whether or not it's a celebrity, a politician, someone who has influence and is providing any sort of advice or suggestion. I personally like to, on a semi-regular basis, include some sort of disclaimer. It may be something as and again, I don't do it all the time. I do it when it feels right. And it, it's, it doesn't feel forced. And what's that word where you're fake 
you're faking it performative. There we go. It doesn't feel performative. But as an example, if I'm talking about these new jeans that I bought, or this exciting night that I'm going out on, or I, you know, not even, I, because to me, it has to have that tie of some sort of vice or suggestion. So going back to the jean thing, these are the best jeans ever. You should buy them. First of all, I would never say you should buy them anymore because I, I here are some great jeans, buy them if you want to. But recognizing that, A, not only everyone has means to disposable income to buy it, the most obvious thing. B, not everybody is comfortable in jeans from maybe a physical perspective. Maybe not everybody is there's accessibility from a size perspective. A lot of brands right now have more inclusive sizing, but by no means is it comprehensive across the board. It's, it's that element that makes it important to me. So if I am, as an example, talking about some sort of advice for cleaning your home or doing a system or, or whatnot, I, it may be that, you know, here's a really good example. I should, you know what? I didn't write the examples down. Can you tell? Because I'm kind of stumbling on my words, but I recently put out a podcast about how I'm starting to have showers in both the morning and nights. It wanes and dwindles depending on what I'm going on, but because I'm able to carve out that time in my day. Not everybody has the ability to do that. First of all, not everybody has access to a shower on a regular basis. Not everybody has a partner who will watch their children if they wake up and I'm in the shower. Not everybody has the time to be able to carve out that time. I also mentioned some items that I purchased for my shower. Random items that I got on Amazon. I didn't think twice about buying them. I didn't check my bank account. I didn't check my budget. I just bought them. That is that is a privilege that I have. That is something, an advantage that I have that not everybody listening to this and not everybody who um, is a part of that sort of influence that I, access to influence that I'm sharing uh, has the ability to just go out and spend $60 on a random sticky thing that sticks on the wall. Some of you are. That's great. The reason I feel so strongly that when I'm able to share and talk about how when I'm suggesting things, there is an element of privilege and there's all of these different elements of privilege is that not only does it make and support the people who don't necessarily have access to the things that I'm suggesting, understand that this main, this isn't a one size fits all solution, but also recognizing that how I move throughout the world, how I interact, the choices that I make is very much defined by all of this, again, dirty word warning privilege that I've had. So all of these advantages that I have. And that is not to say that I'm, I haven't worked hard. I've worked my ass off, but I haven't had the same barriers in my way. And my perspective of how to achieve 
what I've achieved or what I'm capable of doing or the access to things I have is completely biased and skewed by the privilege that I hold. So I went and played soccer last night. It's, it's you know, I'm able-bodied. I went after, out after and had beer with friends. I ha- have the ability to go and use a car easily and accessibly and spend money on beer. And I have friends who are kind and support. like there's it, so many. So do we need to talk about all those things? Do I need to tell people, hey, I'm going to the bar after playing soccer and I'm super privileged because I am able-bodied and I have socioeconomic resources and <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I do think we need to be hyper aware of it because it shifts and adjusts how we move through the world. And I do think that if you are in a position of influence, that acknowledging the resources and support that you have are important. So going back to my six people, Kim Kardashian, to summarize this, does Did she work her ass off? Probably. Does, I'm trying to, where did my mouse go? Here we go. Let's go back to this tweet here. Get your ass off and work. It's like no one wants to work these days. This is really great advice for women. Does she have a whole bunch of barriers that were moved for her in order to achieve the success? Yes. If, (laughs) if, If she had just acknowledged it a little bit, I think, and again, I didn't read the whole thing, but she's, it's steeped with privilege. So if we have a random TikToker who's talking about how we all have the same 24 hours in a day, and if you don't want to clean your house, just hire a house cleaner. Is it important to acknowledge that, hey, this is maybe what I'm doing because we all have the same 24 hours in a day and because I'm fortunate enough to have the resources to hire a house cleaner, this is a great option if this works for you. Probably a better approach. Rachel Hollis, I'm not touching that again with a 10-foot pole. Blah. If we have a famous actress who asks how much, you know, how she gets so much done and she says she just has better time management, why can't she just say, well, I have better, I have really good time management. I'm working on it really hard. And also I have a husband who's a rock star who takes the baby half the time and you know, the other quarter of the time I'm hanging out and being a great mom, but the other quarter of the time on top of that, we have a nanny and all the while that this is happening, we also have a health clue. Like, I mean, you don't don't have to get into such details like that, but why not just acknowledge it? Because then you have this sea of women who assume that their time management skills suck and that they're not doing enough and they work harder and they burn themselves out. When in reality, this person is just really lucky to have boatloads of money and support or allocates their money according to the things that they're able to do. Like it's, or we have, you know, Elise, My actually, you know, the Elise Myers situation, I think she handled that really well. She had this privilege and she acknowledged it and she moved on and she learned from it mistakes then. So yay, good for her. So do we need to talk about privilege all the time? No, I don't think so in my opinion, but I think we would go a long way if we understood it and we work to avoid that ick factor around it to figure out what it actually means, which essentially is just you have an advantage or a lack of barriers. And for the people who are in positions of influence to stop acting like 
they got to where they're at because they just worked their ass off. It's not that simple. Not that simple at all. And for me, as a (laughs) random blogger on the internet, I myself as a human being have boatloads of different types of privilege that I hold. So when appropriate, I'll talk about it because my stories and my suggestions and my tips are completely biased towards the privilege that I hold. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, I I think it's important to be conscious of as much as possible. Knowledge is power. Okay, that's it. <laughs> it's a passion. It's a topic I'm really passionate about. And mainly because I've learned so much about it. And it's such a steep learning curve over the last few years. But it's an interesting place when you see people like Kim Kardashian or a whole bunch of different celebrities or tone deaf influencers who are just telling people to work harder and pay for house cleaners. Not great. Not great. Anywho, hope y'all are having a great day. Stay tuned till the next time I decide to put out a random podcast episode. Cheers.